city riot going on because once again the police has failed to protect us like they say they was going to do us as a community we're not going to protect ourselves but if we don't have anyone to protect us then this is what you get you get riots you got people out here going crazy we losing loved ones every day to the people that sworn in to protect us it's not us it's the police this the madness that they spark up this is what they encourage this is what they provoke this is what you get out of you taking some a loved one from someone this is what you get you get a lot of people that's hurt and they can't do it the right way they can't no longer depend on the police to be here to protect us like they say they're gonna do so this is what you get and no it's not gonna end today i can't tell you it's gonna end tomorrow i don't know when it's gonna end but it's for y'all to start we're not the ones that's killing us y'all killing us we can't make a change if y'all don't change Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees, from the poplar trees. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Splash Cast with Reggie Norwood. I'm your co-host, Reggie. And I'm Norwood. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So uh, before we start, we want to talk about uh, we want to say R.I.P. to another senseless murder in uh, the Minneapolis, Minnesota. uh, Metropolitan area, Dante Wright, Um, he was killed by police who said that it was a mistake. He was unarmed um, and she shot him thinking that. The, the female officer shot him thinking that it was her taser. Um, we could imagine, go in a lot of directions with this, but imagine that. Imagine that. So, of course, y'all know, I think it's all bullshit. Um, I think that they just told her, basically, they basically gave her an excuse, gave her an out. Because if you look in the video, she was holding the gun for a while so um also uh, i want to say r.i.p to the kid in minnesota i mean um chicago that passed away um adam toledo another senseless killing imagine that told him to drop the gun he was 13 years old and they shot him um the police shot him so but anyway so the fallout what we want to discuss is the fallout of the Dante Wright murder by the police. So there's a couple things that I noticed. The Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL all canceled games that day. Well, first off, Norwood, how do you feel about them canceling the games? It would be great if we did not have to cancel games for senseless killings. I think that would be fantastic. That would be my answer to the question. Thanks. Just have the games, but also just don't kill people. So (laughs) don't kill people. (laughs) Um, Major League Baseball, uh, the Minnesota Twins uh, canceled their game and they released a statement saying it really wasn't because they were upset that the dude got shot. They were saying we want to be safe. Do you think white athletes are empathizing with their black counterparts? Uh, for the most part, no. Now, are there a few select one-offs who do? Yes. Um, but for the most part, no. I feel like 
is kind of one of those situations where it's not my problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see that it's a problem for you and that sucks, but not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't think anything will change until they get involved on a higher level. No, they have no like that would be absolutely unself-serving and mm. not going to risk their money. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it would be great, but we both know there's harsh realities of life. Very, very true. Um, well, what I do like about what's going on is that if you look at the rhetoric that's going that's surrounding this, all of the sports um sports networks, especially ESPN, are covering it. So if you remember when Mike Brown, Philando, hell, even Philando Castile, Trayvon Martin, all of those young, unfortunate, unarmed black men that were killed, black men, black women, uh, Sandra Bland, they didn't even touch it. Nobody touched it. Nobody said anything. As a matter of fact, they heightened uh, they highlighted their support for the police and they actually uh, donated more money. New president and the NBA and it's basketball season. That's what matters. That's that, and also I think it's to the point now you can't, you can't ignore it. If this was in football season, it would be different. Oh yeah. <laughs> NFL. Y'all owe Cap an apology. Y'all still need to pay that man. Y'all need to pay that man his entire salary that you wiped out because he was protesting for something that happened that's, that was happening back then. And now it's still happening. And now you have all of these uh, hollow, all of these hollow gestures that are coming out. And he was he was a real one from the start. Uh, if you even talk about the when the Browns came, was it the Browns or the Rams? The Rams came up with the hands up, don't shoot shirts, and they wanted them out. Uh, the police union wanted St. Louis police union wanted the entire Rams team that did it suspended, you know, and then they boycotted, you know, other stuff. So y'all, y'all NFL man, y'all y'all owe Cap a lot, a lot, and, and now. On a funnier note, y'all probably are going to miss one of the best edit points in the Splash Cast history. <laughs> Reggie just went on a heater. <laughs> and we got to edit all of that because yeah. F-bombs. We, we want to be able to have a podcast in the future. Uh, and we both, want, we both want to stay employed. And we both want money from it too. Yeah, yeah, eventually. So, so. Um, But anyway, so on a lighter note, we're going to get into these hawks. We're going to get into these hawks, baby. We're on the run. We, we are We are getting into the number four hawks, a.k.a. the best of the rest. Number four seed, in case y'all didn't hear them correctly. Yes, the mm-hmm. hawks are the number four seed. And, and to everybody who told me that the hawks were not good, it is funny now that the hawks are now, in fact, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, if you stay down, you ain't got to get down, man. You don't want no bandwagoners now. No, the bandwagon is open. Um, send all requests to diveteammedia at gmail.com. And, and we will slash cast. And we <laughs> will look at your inquiry and decide if you could be on the bandwagon or not. Reach out, though. Welcome. 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 So 
the last games, last week's games were the Hornets, Raptors, and Bucks. So let's jump into this Hornets game. We won 105-101. Uh, no, nobody cares about that. You know what, you know what the whole conversation is about. <laughs> um, at this point, I want to open doors of the church for Clint Capella. Um, give him opportunities because <laughs> he is now the newest member of the congregation because he was baptized last week. Ooh, Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges. And the, unfort- the unfortunate thing is, it's kind of like life where you can do everything right. You can have a great game. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We won the game. The man, B squad. We didn't start anybody. We played the backups, won the game, and the only thing that anybody talked about was that man being baptized. I saw that replay 137 times in two hours. Rightfully so. He got destroyed. But <laughs> that's on Bogey. Bogey didn't play an ounce of defense, and Clint was trying to get back, which is what you're supposed to do. He did everything right in the play. He did everything he was supposed to do. It is just very unfortunate. <laughs> You hate to see it. You hate to see it. That's like when you see one of your homies, you know, in a bad situation. You're like, there's nothing I can do for you, fam. Hey, bro. I'm here with you in support. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, but, I mean, in this game, Bogey went off. Bogey had Bogey has been carrying the Hawks. Bogey and Capella have been carrying the Hawks since everybody's been hurt. Everybody's leg, everybody leg fell off at the same time. <laughs> And here we are. And here we are in fourth place again, just to reiterate that. But uh, Bogey played 41 minutes. He had 32 points, three rebounds, three assists. Bogey is one of the streakiest shooters I've ever seen. But he is a shooter. And we, we, haven't, we haven't had one at shooting guard the whole season. So the, For the last two seasons. Bogey for president. Bogey for president. Bogota. Solo came in. Solo is Mr. Intangible. So he's our version of Draymond Green to me. Draymond is an eight, seven, and nine assist guy, eight, five. Solo, solo in this game had eight, seven, and two. Solomon Hill, Taysom Hill, same person. <laughs> I have seen I, that man play every damn position on the court, and somehow <laughs> he does it kind of good, and we right. don't pay him anything. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're just going to stick him out there, whatever position – he got to play it. And, and play the one, two, three, four, and five. We are seven and one in games that he starts. He uh, is the, seven and two. Seven and two. He is the answer. Solomon Hill is the answer to every question that the Atlanta Hawks have ever had. He's <laughs> the greatest offseason transaction we've ever made. And he's, Snell. he is probably going to be the best Atlanta Hawks to ever dribble a basketball. That's all I got to say. The man is the killer. So, I mean, other than that, you know, it was a complete game. Lou Will did Lou Will things, 13 and 4. Uh, Kevin Werder, complete game, 10, 2, and 7. What I noticed was we didn't really have a lot of turnovers. Nobody had more than two turnovers. We don't turn the ball over stupidly anymore. It's Every podcast we get on here and we say how much we love LP, but Nate is just a better <laughs> coach. And I feel like at this point, we just – and it's not we. It's me. I have to be more honest. Nate is a better yeah. coach than Lloyd. So then, so we won that game. Uh, uh, not really much to talk about. Our defense was solid. Um, we, we are definitely hustling more. 
Uh, our closeouts were good, um, and it allowed us to rest our players. So uh, that was a good game. Of course, Charlotte didn't have doesn't have Lamelo for the rest of the season. Um, they were without Gordon Hayward, so that was just you know bench on bench on bench. Um, then we played the next game. We played Toronto. That was another good game. Uh, again, we played. We didn't play Trey. We got all those other injuries out. All those other players out with injuries. Solo started again. We won. Uh, nobody Bogey. cares. About, nobody cares about that, Reggie. Let's get right off. You know what we're here to talk about. Your boy, Rayford, Trey, yo. <laughs> what in the absolute hell did you decide to put on? I don't. I don't care about player fashion. I don't want to talk about it. This man had on the McDonald's McDonald's all American <laughs> Okay, all right. So there are a few things. Number one, the hell did you have this on for? Number two, who let you walk out of the door with it tucked in the socks, the pants tucked into the socks, like you about to be in a Nelly video? Oh my God! <laughs> and, and and even moreover, one Did thing turn it inside out. No, just let me get there. Let me get there. <laughs> so number one, you should not be wearing anything that's reversible. If if it says reversible, cut it right there. Cut it right there. And you got the nerve for it to be reversible and you're going to wear one side coming into the game and then wear another side in the game. So you was like, oh, no, I got to switch it up so I can kill him with it. But the drip. Yo. (laughs) It was horrible on both sides. Whose man's is this? I'll let y'all know, this is our deep dive for the Raptors game because we won. But Trey Young, you stole the show with that terrible, terrible. We won and lost at the same time. (laughs) It's tough to do, but we the man looked like a damn Harlem Globetrotter. The foot action. Food was Fat Albert. Yes, that came right off the foot action shelves. And I said, oh, I'm going to kill him with this. Man, when I put this fit on, and then once I put it on, I'm going to take it off and put the other side on. Boy, yeah. Ooh, you know, and you know he was looking in the mirror before. Like, he had an Yo. Instagram post. Trey, we follow you, too, so on Instagram. So we saw your post. Yo. This, this is when you slap your friend back in the neck. Fam, what are you doing? <laughs> Give me that. Give me that. Go change your clothes. Yo, people people know you and they know me, fam. They're going to associate this with me. And you you, you, wearing, you wearing both reversible outfits in one day. <laughs> Ladies and gents, that was the Raptors. We won the game. We won the game, but we had 23-6-4. Capella we had 19-21. Washington nobody Warriors. care about them stats. Don't nobody care about them stats. You don't let your uh, friend wear no reversible outfit. Because and, and at that point, Drew Holiday ended up guarding Trey. And Trey, for everything that he is, he always has problems right now with bigger guards. SGA, uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Malcolm Bronson, not Bronson, uh, the dude that plays for the, the starts for the, uh, he came from the Bucks and he goes to the Pacers now. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, I think I'll call his name in a little bit. Any guard that's Malcolm significantly Brogdon, Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon, 
Shout out to anytime the internet. There's a, <laughs> shout out to the internet. Anytime that there is a larger guard that Trey has to play against, he struggles. Because he's he's Trey is quick, but he's not fast. Trey has really good handles, but he's one of them dudes that like, you remember like that Instagram meme where it's like when your girlfriend watches you play basketball and you do all that stuff in one spot. Yeah. You do all that like crossing and, up in one spot. And, he does and that miss, a lot. And miss the damn shot. And miss the shot. He does that a lot. And he also Trey relies on a lot of free throws. I mean, he had 15 points this game, 15, 2, and 9. But he had nine free throws. He was three of 17, and he was over in the first half. He had zero field goals made in the first half. Um, y'all know how I feel about Trey, but I'm going to shoot him a little bit of bail only because I think he's really hurt. And he's, he's definitely hurt. And I think that's affecting him, but <clears throat> at this point we don't have another option. If he doesn't play, it's – it's just Bogey and Capella. And, yeah, and, G League and, is serviceable, but and, and I mean, and Lou just is not going to start. I don't know. He he's like, nah, fam. I'm coming off the bench. <laughs> I know I'm. To do. <laughs> I, I am better than the guy who's going to start, but I am still coming off the bench. Um. Well, the biggest thing for me is when Trey doesn't play. Is not even G League starting is cool, but Lou is a two. He's not a backup point guard. And then our bet when Trey is out, our backup point guard becomes either Werder or uh, Skyler Mays. And I, I do have an answer for all of our defensive issues. Uh, we should just start Trey's McDonald's outfit. I'm sure that can stop almost anything. Everybody will run away from it. Just put it up. <laughs> hang it from the goal. Hang it from the basket. And you know. everybody will run away from it. <laughs> um. So, I mean, that Bucks game, it shows I, – I did like how – because we were down by 10 or 11 at halftime. So, I did like how we responded in the second half. Oh, how we – I'm sorry, how we started the third quarter. We started the third quarter, and we went on a 9 nothing, 8, eight to 9 nothing run, and we closed it down to two. And then that was almost like our final punch. Like, our, we played good with the guys who we had. Other than we did, Trey, we did, we did. It's just you know, Brooke Lopez was raining from three from had foot on logos. You know, Giannis really didn't do much. He had fifteen five and two. Very nor like, and that's the thing. Like those are the games that you kind of want to steal because if you can get Giannis to play like a regular human, mm-hmm. then you want that game. If you can get that game, you need it, but. We just don't healthy. Have, yeah, we don't. We don't have the players. We lose most of our games right now to health, not to skill, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would rather lose because we're just unhealthy than in the past where we just get destroyed because we have to play people like Kent Bazemore. Um, <laughs> wow, man, Bimbry. Oh man, <laughs> I'm I'm well, in a slanderous mood today. So <laughs> everybody better get out and lay down, boy. <laughs> If you Trey's outfit, if you can't base more, I'm shooting this episode. So go ahead, get ready. <laughs> uh, well, you know, so our upcoming schedule, we play, um, we play the Pacers, the Magic, the Knicks, and the Heat this week. All winnable games. All win- yes. I just and don't know where we are. We need to win these games. Pacers, Pacers are the are, are the most confusing team in the East. 
I feel like they should be better than they are. And I feel like they probably are, but they just don't seem to care about winning basketball games. I don't know what else they got going on, but. Well, that Karis LeVert <clears throat> kidney injury really hurt their ability to mesh as a team. I think they're just now. But you still got Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, Indiana's going to have a bunch of players out, too. T.J. Warren is out for the season. Miles oh, yeah, Turner's going to be out. Doug McDermott, we don't care about you. Jay Simpson, we don't care about you. Dougie McBuckets, are. my name is actually better than my basketball game. It's tough. <laughs> but we're going to have six players out, too, man. So that'll be an interesting game. Hopefully, Trey, with this – it's crazy how a three-day rest period is called an extended period of rest now because of the shortened season. Yeah, because they play every night. Yeah, so, you know, they play tomorrow at, one, at midday. We're pretty good at midday games, so. Um, Except, Lou, Lemon Pep does not like the noon games. If you weren't in Magic City at 2 a.m., then you probably wouldn't have that issue. Hey, man. Listen, but we, as we long as you keep making these buckets, Lemon Pep, we're cool with it, bro. Yep. So I think Capella's going to be big in that one. Um, I think he's going to be the one that will be the stabilizing force. Because I, I, I do. Brogdon's going to give Trey problems. And by big, you mean he's going to give you 15 and 15 like he does every night? Every Well, yeah. And I think that he's going to control the paint. Um, speaking of Capella, is he an all-NBA center this year? Hmm. Tough question. You get three all NBA spots. No, not a chance. At center? Okay. MB. I mean, of course, you got MB the last one. I was going to say Miles Turner, but I know how you feel. Hey, Reggie, if you bring up Miles Turner on another podcast, bring up no, no more damn Miles Turner, man. Don't bring him up. So no if, if Capella's not all NBA, then he can't be defensive player of the year either, huh? No, 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 no. I think he needs to be in the conversation. I'm not sure if he is defensive player of the year, but he, like, MVP is all-encompassing. Defensive player of the year. He's a he's a top-level defense play, defensive player. Like, that, so, that, that's what he really brings. His offense, even though he gives you 15 points, mm-hmm. that man is the king of missing bunnies. Like, anything, like, yeah. right at the rim – and that's kind of how he ends up with 15 rebounds instead of 10 rebounds. He just misses the shot five times before he <laughs> makes it. Which, yeah. hey, man, get your money. I ain't finna knock your hustle. But, yeah, he he's definitely in the defensive player of the year category for people who know anything about the Atlanta Hawks. But since the national media doesn't, this is the reason we had to start this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because we don't get any respect. Um, I mean, this season he's averaging two – He's he's the – Third leading, yeah, yeah. he's the third, third leading blocks. shot blocker. Third in blocks, I think he's first in rebounds, first in offensive rebounds. Um, so he has definitely a strong resume, and he makes um, the, people uh, make business decisions in the paint. I don't want that smoke. I'm getting out of there. And the more you watch games, you'll see where guys will be like, "Nah, I'm, I'm just not going to do floater." Yeah, he I shoot floater. I shoot the mid range, but you are not. Two hand blocking my my shot into outer space, fam. Zion. Yeah, yeah. The other candidates are Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, and the person you told me not to mention anymore that plays for the Pacers. No, no. I so, think I think Embiid Elijah once said he was 
defensive player of the year too. And then he proceeded. It, but I mean, has he missed too much time to be defensive player of the year? And beat Olajuwon can be whatever the hell he wants to be as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see, man. I think if if Clint if Clint keeps up the pace that he's going, he's gonna force his way into these conversations. I think he's already forced his way into the conversation with defensive player of the year. I think all NBA. Nope. You want to know why? Because national media doesn't know anything about the Atlanta Hawks. So they don't know that he's actually really, really good. Even though we're in fourth place. Fourth place, ladies and gentlemen. Gonna keep saying it. Ha <laughs> ha. Um Bogey stays hot during this move on to Bogey. Bogey still tough. Stays hot. I, he's in the starting lineup. Ice in his veins. Ice in his veins. Um yeah. And I don't really got nothing more to say about him, and, man. And he, he kind of talked about him already. And the majority of the games this season, he came off the bench. Imagine that. Um, the, the thing that I don't think that most people are noticing, and I just kind of came to this recently, is during the season, we've had probably five different guys who for a stretch were the best haul. It was a stretch where Trey was the best. Valid. It was. It's, we're point. now. We're now in the bogey stretch. Before the mm-hmm. bogey stretch, it was the Capella stretch. Before mm-hmm. that, it was John Collins, and to start the season, it was DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. And, and imagine mm-hmm. if we get all five That's a starting five. Yes, you can get your starting five on the floor at the same time, and at any point, any of uh, any of those guys can be the best guy on the team. Good luck guarding that. Yeah, there's nothing you can really do. Pray. Pray they get injured. Their leg fall <laughs> off. All right. So the main cat- the main catalyst of this Hawks turnaround is, of course, my man Nate McMillan, a.k.a. leader of the Nate Hawks. We'll work on that. But still. A- A.k.a. they play soft, play some damn defense. Play some damn defense. I don't get excited for nothing. Um, since making the coaching change, we're 16 and five. Uh, our, what's our fourth quarter differential? With Nate, our fourth quarter differential, um, we were 29th, uh, basically in clutch points, in cl- uh, points in the clutch. We are now sixth, and we're tied for the best record in the NBA, us and the Suns. So the things that Nate, when I listen to Nate's post-game uh, interviews, and they always try to, you know, pit him against Lloyd. And, you know, him and Lloyd are like really close. They try to pit him against L- Lloyd. Lloyd brought him in. Yeah, they try to pit him against Lloyd. But all Nate says, and what I really, really like is, you know, we just focus on situational basketball and practice when we do have practice or walkthroughs. And then we focus on the little things. He said, everything else, I didn't change. I haven't changed really anything. We just we focus on the little things, situation of basketball, and we get we try to get out and run, and then we get into our sets. And I respect that specifically, black man to black man. You're not gonna throw the guy who brought you in under the bus, but right. he lying. Yeah, yeah, he is. He, he <laughs> lying. Look, man, if you, you can look at how we play, I think the second game we came in, and he was coaching. We uh, ran a play where uh. Our offense does not look like the LP offense at all. Nope. Solo, uh, Solo and John Collins set up at the uh, elbow. I said, what play is this? We ain't never did that. 
And that's the reason Nate is a great human, because he should be like, nah, I took this ship that was sinking. I fixed it. And now we are flying. But he has enough respect for LP that he's not with missing parts. Yeah. With missing parts. Yes. Um, You said it earlier. Uh, I think you may have said it last time when we were watching the game. Nate always gets the best out of the bigs. And this was the best situation for him because he has two bigs that uh, are all-star caliber to me, to us. And then... And and in totality, there are five really good bigs. Collins, Capella, Gallo, Kungu, and Knight. That's what I was going to get to. I think... Nate's biggest accomplishment is not biggest accomplishment. One of Nate's best accomplishments is the growth of OO and Nathan Knight. Here, those twos, especially OO, and it's unfortunate, you know, but for Lloyd, but OO, you can see the growth in those two, especially Double uh, O, because defensively, his rotations are better. Offensively, he sets better screens now. It's again, it's the little things that you notice, and it's, I attribute all of that to Nate and the staff. I think he's got the coaching staff coaching different, personally. Um, with that yeah, being said, definitely different when with no LP to not call timeouts at the right time, but it's a challenge to, to ooh, no, 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 no. We hey. don't talk about LP challenges. That which y'all don't know, what y'all can't see is I've always had a receding hairline, but when Lloyd was coach, your boy was full moon. The, the windows was down, the sunroof was opening. I was stressed. I was frustrated. Nate then came back, added some calmness into our team. Got a little, my, my window's closing a little bit. So thank you, Nate. <laughs> thank you, Nate. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, uh, is Nate the front runner for the vacant coaching position? You think you think that there's somebody else who's going to coach his team? Who? I don't know. There's not a chance. If they don't bring Nate back, the splash cast is over. <laughs> <laughs> No, it is not. But we will slander the Hawks until they do anything else. He, he is right. We will slander y'all forever. So if he's if, so, he's definitely front runner for the Hawks coaching coaching position. With what he's done, we just listed the stats. We went from twenty nine to six and four quarter differential. We're a top five defensive team. Uh, we have the best record in the league since he's taken over. We are now in fourth place. We got all of these superlatives. He was coach of the month in March. All of these accomplishments that he's had. Our team is playing better. Uh, we're playing. We're winning with hurt players. He's just a more. Is he? He's is he more. now part of the coach of the year candidate? One hundred percent. The coach of the year discussion. He's my vote. I don't think that who 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 else is even in the conversation. Monty Williams for the Suns. No, Chris Paul. What is the Chris Paul is the coach of the Suns. Monty Williams may have the job. Chris Paul is the is Monty the Williams. The reason Chris Paul signed to the Suns, remember Monty Williams coached him in um New Orleans. I agree with that. But what I'm saying is Chris Paul is the is the the accelerant over there. His production isn't even crazy, but it's just that his IQ his, his basketball. IQ yeah, yeah, his, his IQ carries that team. Monty Williams, yeah. congratulations on, on finding a really good player. Well, I'm not I'm not gonna attribute that all to Chris Paul. I think it's definitely he's the catalyst. But I think Monty Williams is you, you can't take him out of the coaching of the year candidate. Um there's Quinn Snyder of the Jazz. The Jazz got the number one record in the league. 
You can't. You got any t- any coach that has the number one record in the league is going to be in the coaching. And, and with the same team, they didn't add anybody. I don't think. And it's in the West. That's I don't want to give him any credit mm-hmm. at all, really. But it is you're the number one team in the West, which makes you the number one team in the NBA. And the messed up part is he is coaching well, but me, I think most people are like me. They don't care, and they don't really believe in it. Nobody is, likes you talk. That that does make it easier. But yeah, I, I just. I don't think most people care, and it sucks because he's doing a great job. You will do a good job, you should get some credit, and I don't think he's getting the credit. And Welcome I'm also to the to the no credit team, and so I don't get it either. Yes, and that's the other reason I don't care. If if we're not gonna get any credit for being a good team, I'm sure don't don't care about Quinn Snyder. Cool shoes though. Yeah, I've done it on 2K multiple times. <laughs> I I know exactly. If I put Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on a team. And uh, Blake oh, Griffin. Yeah. Blake Griffin. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter. Nope. He's I mean, not Hunter. DeAndre he's, Jordan. Sorry. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan. If DeAndre Hunter goes to <laughs> the Nets, I have an emotional breakdown. <laughs> so, I mean, there's Steve Nash. And then there's Mr. Consistent himself, Doc Rivers. Is he a better coach? Is he doing a better job than Nate McMillan? This segment is brought to you by Kevin Rodwell Simon. Um, he gets in the group chat and believes that Doc Rivers is better coaching right now than Nate McMillan. I think that's crazy. Um, Kevin, you are tripping. This is your shout out. Yeah, You're we- tripping. <laughs> Big tripping. Jacquees tripping. Yo. <laughs> Doc is a very impressive coach. He's, He's also coaching Embiid Olajuwon. How, and how, ben Simmons and Danny Green and Tobias Harris. They have a squad. He yes. and he picked that. It's not like he put that squad together. He picked that squad, which I guess is a testament to his coaching because he was able to pick where he wanted to go coach. Once again, if you put a bunch of good players on a team, just like I do in 2K, it works out well every <laughs> time. There's no science to that. I give Doc mm-hmm. his credit for doing what he's doing, but Nate is just Nate is really like putting us together with paper mache, rubber cement, whatever he can find. Rubber cement has made it into three podcasts in a row at this point. But yeah, Nate just our entire team is injured, and Nate just will find the guy and the guy is Solomon Hill and have him play whatever. <laughs> you gonna give Solo his flowers as I drink from the Solo cup? Solo should get a sponsorship. Um, you yeah. should get a sponsorship. That too. Um, but I think it's more impressive that the Hawks are in fourth place than the 76ers are in first place. And that's why I think that Nate McMillan this year is doing a better job than the 76ers. Nate McMillan took over midseason with a roster full of hurt people. He took over a clinic. And we were in 11th place. 11. Well, I, 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 you can't really say that. Yes, we were in 11th place, but I mean, we're in fourth place now, and we're two games out of 10th. I mean, the fourth through the 11th place, 12th place is... Hey, Rich, Rich what you're not going to do is steal my joy. <laughs> we, we are... Enjoy, I'm just we saying were, We were in fourth place. We're in fourth place. We were in 11th place. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that on every podcast, so it's not true. Proceed. Yeah. I mean, right now, we're in fourth place. We are... Nine games out of first place, and we are well, whew, 
Never mind. We're seven games ahead of 11th place, seven and a half. So you're right. You're right. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, did y'all hear that? Where Reggie said that I am right. He's he's happy that he's right. So, And don't edit that out. Uh, but anyway, I think I, that's why I think that that Nate McMillan is doing a better job than Doc Rivers. We really want to have this discussion. Doc Rivers, outside of 2008, underachieves a lot. Ooh, a lot. Boy. Love, hey, Doc is one of my favorite players for the Hawks. I, I used to watch his tape. Doc, and uh, and then he was a coach. He's one of my favorite coaches, but he underachieves a lot, guys. A lot. Achieves a lot. A whole lot. And I hate to say this, but it's the same thing. If you have yeah, you don't like Slater, Paul right? Pierce, you have Rondo, you have KG, you have Ray Allen. Well, damn, you won a championship. Congrats. But let's not act like that's not unreasonable. Doc, you're a really good coach, but you've also been lucky enough to have a bunch of really good players. Had a good bunch of good players on every place that you've coached. Has he ever coached a bad team? You know what? I was gonna say something, and then he got a championship. But I was gonna call him Mike D'Antoni because Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> <laughs> every one of the best jobs, and we're not gonna talk about why he gets every one of the best jobs. But you won a championship, so I'm gonna leave you alone. It's unfortunate, Doc. We do think you are a good coach. Uh, you're just not better than Nick McMillan this year. Stamp. And the man said what he said. And if you don't like it, cut the damn podcast off. Hey, you here. That's what you know. You here for our truth takes. It is what it is. You knew shout, out, the shout out to the Kevin segment. <laughs> um, Cam Reddish is out two more weeks again. Is Cam the odd man out, though? Um, My answer is going to be maybe, but probably not. Tell you why, because mm -hmm. there is, especially now with Bogey being our two guard, I have the same conversation. I probably have to have with Kevin Herter. You're not a starter, so you gotta know you're not a starter. But now, once you can get a guy into the conversation of you're not a starter, but you can be a damn good bench player, because Solomon Hill starts, and when he starts, he plays good, or doesn't mess up. I love Cam Reddish, and last year I thought he was going to be DeAndre Hunter. But it, it is points in the game where he's unplayable. You legitimately just got to take him off the court. Well, it, to me, it's he's for, It's another thing of being a young player and getting mentally tough, which I think is a testament to Nate for Werder. I think he can do the same thing for Cam. Cam knows that he's good, right? He knows – I mean, he was like the number one player coming – I think the number two player? One, two, or three. Top three. He was a top five player coming out of high school because he came out with Zion and R.J. Barrett. So he was a top five player. And I think he was ranked higher than R.J. Barrett. He was a top um, five player from that draft class last year. I don't know what happened between last year and this year other than him going to shoot three-pointers with Steph Curry. And I think Steph puts a bad juju on that man. And ever since then, he plays offense like Nathan Knight plays defense. Spin a toddler around, get him real dizzy, and just let the man look lost. I don't do understand. Double spin, that double spin layup. Everybody's like, what are you doing? He and but to me, he's forcing himself. He doesn't know his he didn't know his remember, he hasn't played under Nate, right? He hasn't played. 
Uh, so and he and he didn't like Lloyd. He didn't like Lloyd. Lloyd. It always the news was that Lloyd was picking on him, and I was like, "Well, you know, you ain't really calling no plays for him. Is giving the ball at the top of the key and go figure it out. That ain't gonna work when you have you want, you want to know how to stop people from picking on you, Cam Reddish. Play better, man. That was did that take you long to come to? <laughs> no, it's very simple, son. You play basketball that people legitimately look at. And they are confused as hell on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's going to be the long-term plan for Cam, if he can get it together, is that he will take the place of Solo. And actually, I want to keep Solo. He's going to take the place of eventually Lou's going to retire, right? Lou only got a couple whoa, years. Whoa, left. whoa, 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 whoa. We're not. Lim- hey. L- he cannot afford to retire until the Hawks decide to have another legitimate backup point guard. If he got to play for the rest of his life, then so be it. But if the Hawks are not going to invest in another backup point guard, Lou Williams is a lifelong Hawk, and he may have to play until he's 67 years old. <laughs> I don't, I do not care. But if, if they go back to that Evan Turner, Kent baseball experiment, Lord. I mean, like, and that's one of the most frustrating things is the complete, utter non-interest in having a backup, a, a legitimate backup point guard. And it came through this year with Coach Rondo. Lou Williams is not going anywhere, ever. He will turn old and gray before he leaves the Hawks. It's not yeah. a chance. <laughs> so if that's the case, then – Cam and Worder are pretty much playing to stay on the team, right? Because you got to go for Worder, you got contract negotiations start at the end of this year. You're a bench player. This is probably the best team that you'll be able to be on, and you know the system. Mm-hmm. It's in your. I think it's in your best interest to stay. But if you go, you can go. We ain't gonna stop you. The door is open. But Cam, you're not a very good offensive player right now. You're surrounded by a bunch of really good offensive players. We just gonna ask you to play defense, and we don't ask you to guard the best guy. You guard the second best guy. That's well, I, I I think that's what makes him so valuable, and that's why it's, everybody's just holding out hope because of that. And um, and and I will also say, the Atlanta Hawks organization loves Cam Reddish. Don't know why they. They love him mm-hmm. way more than Herder. Herder, you probably could be traded. Cam Reddish, they they gonna try to see it through with you. All right, so we finished our Hawks deep dive. Let's let's get into the news of the NBA around the league. Um, the hot topics that we have right now are one, uh, R.I.P. Kobe. Michael Jordan is gonna present Kobe at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and to me. There was no other choice. And this is the reason that Kobe may be the GOAT. He's the only person to get Michael Jordan to do anything. In life. But Jordan, now, don't forget, Jordan also takes, Jordan's still petty, even in a funny way. Jordan's still going to say, oh, Kobe stole all my moves, you know. But And with that said, Mike does not care about anybody else. Except for Kobe Bryant. Yes, like, and as the GOAT, 
and a person who really is notorious for not respecting anybody else. The fact that he respects Kobe Bryant, you got it, fam. You win. You won. My second choice would have been Shaq. Shaq would have been a good induction ceremony person just because of their beef. And I, I you know, all of that stuff. But I think Jordan is it. And, and look at look at the company that you keep. The people who can present me to the Hall of Fame, either Michael Jordan or Shaq. Who else? Yeah. Who else? So Michael Jordan is the best person to present Kobe to the Hall of Fame. And I'm excited to see what they have planned in store for it. It should be good. Uh, the next one, your man Dwayne Wade. We said earlier, nobody likes Utah. Utah's ownership went and got them a very popular black man to add to the ownership. Why he went to Utah instead of Miami? I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stay on this long, but I'm not sure why you will go to one of the most notoriously racist teams in the NBA. Like their fans are god awful. Kudos, your owner. I'm not gonna judge you, or you know that is an accomplishment. But you know how Utah fans treat NBA players. And by NBA players, I mean black people. Mm-hmm. I can't understand. I'm, but well, we, maybe, we, maybe you know, that's the whole Jay Z, LeBron, rich I, black people saying you got to have a seat at the table. Okay, to make change, I do. Okay, number one, I I'm fans of both Jay Z and LeBron. I don't always love their moves, but what mm-hmm. if, like as a basketball player, LeBron is the second best player of all time. Jay-Z is in my top five MCs of all time. But, you know, like the same thing I said about LeBron and the Red Sox. They're racist as hell. Like, mm-hmm. you, you got enough. And once again, I'm just a regular human with a regular job. But eventually, you would ass- yes, you would assume that you get to a point where you don't every you don't need every dollar. Some dollars I'm not I'm not helping people who aid in the bet racism. I'm not helping them make a dime if I don't have to. Especially if I don't have to. It's funny how they added Dwayne Wade to the to this, but as far as I've read, they added the black man to the ownership but haven't spoken on anything that's been happening around the country. So Maybe this is a start of change. I'm a Reg, give, I like Dwayne Reg, Wade. I'm going to give Dwayne Wade the benefit of the doubt. Reggie, imagine that. So to keep it around the league, man, out West, uh, the West is very, very entertaining. A whole lot of great things are happening and a whole lot of unfortunate events. Steph Curry is still really, 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 really good in case y'all forgot. Steph Curry in the month of April is averaging 39 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and a steal. And, and the rest, and the rest of the team is watching him do it. Well, the rest of the team is poo-poo. But um, it's not. You you got Draymond. Poo-poo. Draymond is not bad. He's, he's still a really good defender. He's a great distributor. And just offensively, he's inept. Wiggins, this is you, fam. You're supposed to be the guy who can get to the bucket, score some points, play some defense. You're stealing. 
And by stealing, you are literally robbing the Golden State Warriors. You're getting paid a ton of money to be mediocre at best. This team reminds me of the early years of Michael Jordan with the Bulls. It was like Michael Jordan and everybody else. Steph Curry don't deserve this, man. This man is a two He's an all-time leading scorer. He passed Wilt Chamberlain. Anytime he passed Wilt Chamberlain on anything. On any list. It's an life. accomplishment. Any life list, professional or just in life. Anytime you pass Wilt Chamberlain, it is an accomplishment. Got another question for you about Steph. Is he top five point guard that are alive? You got Magic. You got Isaiah. Have a check. You know, you got all of those. Is Steph Curry? Steph Curry changed the game. What makes you an all-time great is that you changed it. A lot of this stuff is your stats, your championships, and that you changed the game. Michael Jordan changed the game. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar changed the game. Will Chamberlain changed the game. I'm going to have to say yes, but my reasoning is he's the best shooter of the basketball to ever walk there. It's no way. It's no way that you can have a guy who shoots basketball better than everybody else in the history of the world and not have him talk about (laughs) it. And he is literally like Steph is the guy who is the best to ever shoot the ball. Other stuff, Mm -hmm. there's room for debate, especially defense. But Mm -hmm. if you're the best shooter of all time, I I don't think you cannot put him in the top five. He's having uh, one of the best uh, phases of a season uh, in his career. And James Wiseman, just got hurt and he's out indefinitely. I mean, he has no help. Oh, he's tough. It's, and another reason I got to put him in top five is LeBron can kind of say, I'm better than everybody else. But Steph can say, hey, you ain't really beat me. You, you, LeBron has never dominated Steph. And I think he's the, I think he's pretty much the only player who can say that. Like, nah, you, you're very good. And you may well be the second best basketball player, ball player of all time. You've never dominated me, fam. Not ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very very good point. Um, you got a dog good. in the fight, but what Carl Malone said, I'm a bad motherfucker too. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the only time we will ever quote Carl Malone. Uh, uh, Jazz getting a lot of love this podcast. This is the the jazz. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only time the jazz will get a lot of love on this podcast. Also, it happened out west, man. The Nuggets, man. Where did the Nuggets go from here, man? Jamal Murray tore his ACL out for the year. Probably out till All-Star game of next year. May keep him out the whole year. Kind of like when Clay tore his. Clay tore his in the finals. Jamal Murray tore his, his April. Timing is yeah, and that's like a twelve month type of thing. So how do the where do the Nuggets go from here? Earlier you said Joker is in the MVP is all NBA, which is true. So they all go, of this now falls on him now. They go from being a really good team to just like a moderately good team. I mean, Jamal Murray is like the piece that that can always go. He's always going to make his buckets. He makes big buckets. Mm-hmm. But they still got enough guys around there to at least be I said, they just signed all Aaron Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron Gordon, Joker, um, Will Barton. Like, they got guys. Michael Porter Jr. Who ain't never seen a shot. He ain't like, 
I still think that Jeremy Grant was probably the better asset, but we'll see. No. Well, it was Jeremy yes. Grant, 28, 29? It don't matter if you coach only for the next four or five years, you're the GM for the next four or five years. Right now, Jeremy Grant, I think for the next three or four years, Jeremy Grant will be a better player than Michael Porter Jr. And ask the Pistons. He's literally the I, only. I, don't, I, I disagree. When the Pistons have nobody. And, and they still beat some teams. They beat a lot of teams they have no business competing with. Because the rest of that team is trash. And they should have brought back LiAngelo Ball because all the Ball brothers are uh, clearly just great basketball players. And LeVar is a secret zero. Um, so we'll see. We'll see with the Nuggets. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, you're right. I think they have enough pieces around that they can still stay at the. I don't know if they'll be a top. I think they're they're a top three team now, right? They're, they're uh, fourth in the West. So, so they probably go two from behind the Clippers four to like I like I don't know. Yeah, I think they're probably like six seven now. Yeah, cause well, I don't. I really don't know about AD and LeBron. Um. Because right now the Lakers are fifth. Yeah, well, I don't we, know when they're coming back. So I don't think the Lakers will overtake them. We got to stop. Might, we got to stop overhyping the West too. Like uh, Jazz, Jazz, Suns, Clippers, good. Lakers are good. With, champions with LeBron and AD. With no LeBron and AD, they're very regular. The rest I mean, of the, they're coming back in the the playoffs. We know that everybody gives the West so much credit, like they're super good. Hey, all right, now. Y'all, y'all, all right. Speaking of the Mavericks, Luca still being Luca. Um, but there was some recent news about Mark Cuban that was interesting. He voiced his opinion about the play and how he doesn't like the play in format. Um, he Loser he talk. said, <laughs> "Loser talk." You want to know why he don't like the play play in? So you don't think he can just play in? If you think that given the opportunity that you could get in and play and be competitive, you're interested in it because it's another opportunity for you to get in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't think that you're that good. And he's right. Cause you have one good player and we, we gotta be honest about Porzingis. The Knicks got lucky. Yeah. And I, I think he wants to get Porzingis. I think is a bad asset. He can play yeah. when he's available but he doesn't play enough. Yeah. He's a flash in the pan. Like, when he does play, he does play well. But you can't, like, for what you're paying him, he has to be more consistent. And you can't count him to play the majority of the games. It's just interesting that he's seven foot three and is a liability on defense. But I told y'all a long time ago that John Collins is better than Chris Asporzingas that people call me crazy. <laughs> That's all right. See how that worked out. Yeah. Well, speaking of the West, we're going to talk about the bottom of the West. The Minnesota Timberwolves um, are making this podcast not for their play at all. Um, More about A-Rod joined the ownership group that bought the Minnesota Timberwolves, Alex Rodriguez, former player of the Seattle Mariners and Texas Rangers and New York Yankees. And the artist formerly known as Jay loves Beyonce. A Rod bought the Timberwolves. Uh, we gonna keep you lifted in prayer, bro. Because <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, the Timberwolves' number one draft pick, Anthony Edwards. They said they interviewed him and said, "Hey, how do you feel about A Rod and Alex Rodriguez buying 
the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he said, uh, who's I don't even know who that is. I love Anthony Edwards. I don't follow baseball. I love Anthony Edwards. He has no That's the clue. blackest response ever. You have to. First of all, the man has the interview. He tells you he could play anything. He could do anything. He's like, oh, yeah, if I want to play Major League Baseball, I could have did that. If I wanted, I really wanted to be a football player. Man, how do you get drafted number one and tell these people, I didn't even want to do this job. It just pays better than what I want to do. (laughs) I could play this longer. Bro, I do not want to play basketball. I actually want to play football, but this just is, it pays better. Yeah. So, so whatever Anthony Edwards says is gold, as far as I'm concerned, I think he has no clue who Alex Rodriguez is. I don't know how that's possible considering you play baseball into your high school years. Back East, uh, we are now going to talk about the NBA daytime soaps, AKA the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Kyrie Irving got more PTO than the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, don't he? He just be out. I want, I, you know what? We got to look at things differently. When we Mm -hmm. see people who are doing things in their life, that you want to see done in your life, you have to learn from that man. That man goes to work when he chooses. And when he chooses not to go to work, <laughs> he don't go. And he let y'all know, Dale, hey, Steve. I ain't playing today. He don't get no injury report or nothing. Just like, I resign. Not, not going to make it in today. And just tell him I, I didn't feel like coming. Like It's not like I'm injured. It's just personal reasons. My guy said, I'm not going on the West Coast road trip the I day see. that the plane left. I will see y'all when y'all get back. So what we have to do is highlight a man who is working the job the way that it should be worked. What do you think about that scuff up between him and Dennis Schroeder? Since Dennis Schroeder called him. We can bleep that part out. So if you're going to do this, if if any of you people know me, that's going to be my go-to move with Kyrie. I'm going to get you out of mm-hmm. here, period. Every game, every game. Oh, man, I'm starting the game off aggressive. <laughs> Relax, Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's going to be a go-to. I agree. I would call. I would just call him the N-word over and over and over and over and over again. Unless you're not a black person. Let's, let's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make sure we clear about this. But, yeah. Then, yeah, sure, I'm doing it every time. And you can call me an awful human. You can call me all types of names. We're here to win basketball games. A bit of unfortunate news for um, the Brooklyn Nets. Marcus Aldridge uh, has a heart condition, a regular heartbeat that forces him to retire. Right when he signed, he was finally, I think, in position to actually get a ring. He's had a long and illustrious career. Um, He just hasn't been able to get a ring. So, unfortunately for him, you know, health is always better than is supposed. Your health is, is better than your championship. Oh yeah, you got a long so. life to live. That's the most important thing. I feel like he's one of the guys I kind of feel bad for because he was really good with the Blazers. Then he got sent to San Antonio, and just kind of faded to black. And then he just existed. You, yeah, and then you think like, all right, well, he's probably gonna get this is his chance to kind of redeem himself. And then it's like, oh, now this is over. Um, mm. That sucks to me more than anything. That like, 
I wanted to see him have another opportunity to be a good basketball player, contribute, and it's over. He his, his ended kind of like uh, Chris Bosh, and you just knew that they yeah. were about to have another like part of their career that was really good, and it's just over. That sucks. Yeah, luckily Chris Bosh got his rings, but you're right. Um, is 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 Lamarcus a Hall of Famer? My heart says no, but I'm sure his numbers probably say yes. True. I think I don't think he's first ballot. I think he'll get in off sympathy. Yeah, I, I don't I think that, it like that. But I don't think that like when I look back on it, there's never a point where I think that Lamarcus Aldridge was super dominant. Very good basketball player. Very good basketball player. But I don't think that you get into the I don't think you should get into the Hall of Fame being a very good basketball player. The last thing of the soap called the Brooklyn uh the Brooklyn Nets. The good, the bad, the Kevin Durant. Your boy is back at it with his Twitter fingers. He got seven, beef with Shannon Sharp. Seven feet of sensitivity. <laughs> seven feet of sensitivity. He took offense. I don't. What? What was it? What? What pissed him off about Shannon Sharp? So Shannon did. He quote. He misquoted him. There was. There was an account on Twitter that quoted Kevin Durant saying something that he did not say, which you, Shannon, you got to do your you got to do your part of making sure that what you're quoting is factual. But mm. and and I I'm not KD wasn't wrong. He corrected him. He said what you said is not true, and he just called him. You know, he called Shannon the drunk uncle. Which okay, well, at speaking from from the drunk uncles of America. I don't consider that an, an insult. Um, as long as it got earth, as long as it got earth, wind, and fire playing, I have no issues being the drunk uncle. Earth, wind, um, and fire in a solo cup. Another man. ad right here could be faced uh, right here. <laughs> hey, man! But there's some good news with Kevin. I mean, oh, he's we always highlight the bad things. We got to highlight the smart moves. He he invested a million dollars in the Postmates, and he invested uh, a bunch of money in the Coinbase back in 2017 and just like him with Nas uh Kevin Durant came up um the so, stake is now worth 53 times what it was worth then in 2017 yes so the rich yeah, get so he the, the, he's making good money the rich get richer uh yeah that was a solid move super dope um, $250,000 turned into 13.5 million Quietly, I also think that Nas is a billionaire, but I think he wants to be a quiet billionaire, unlike Dr. J. Nas, I, just, I, I think he, if he's not, he's getting close. I mean, this his Coinbase was in hundred million, wasn't it? I get, I get an Instagram update every three or four days about how Nas made four hundred seventy-five million dollars. <laughs> so, so KD's out here, man. He, he's, he's, he's making money on and off the court. So we're, we're not going to call him seven feet of sensitivity and not give him his flowers about his business acumen either. But so, we are going to call him seven feet of sensitivity. The Nets, are they still the number one team? And do you think they're still the favorite in the East or the 76ers and the Abid Elijah ones the favorite? With no Lamarcus Aldridge, you got it's different now. It's interesting. But yeah, ben, the, the ben Simmons cannot shoot at the read. Like, but he can guard everybody on the court for the 76ers. I mean, for the for the Nets. He can guard every player on the court. He legitimately can guard everybody. 
like everybody. They they just beat them yesterday. As we're recording this on Saturday, they just beat him yesterday. I'm sorry, they beat the Clippers, and he guarded everybody in one possession. He guarded the point guard, bringing the ball up the court. He switched off to the two. He went and blocked the shot of the four. He rebounded the ball over the five. I was like, yo, he just guarded everybody in one play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's way closer now. It's way closer now. Before we thought we were dealing with something that was unstoppable. Now mm, that inside game is even with Lamarcus is going to be questionable. Definitely questionable with Nolan Marcus. Yeah, because DeAndre Jordan ain't stopping to beat Elijah one. So and they don't like to play DeAndre Jordan that much. They actually like to play Jeff Green more so that they can play five out. And which ain't gonna work. Ain't and gonna work. Yeah, hard, you know, shout out to Harden for getting us Clint Capella. So yeah. <laughs> Every podcast we're gonna say that. Um, so the playoff picture in the East, you know, it's stay out of the play-in or race for the play-in. Uh, to stay out the plan, the, the Celtics, Knicks, Hawks, and Heat are trying to fight for that fourth spot that the Hawks are in the fourth right now. When did the Celtics get it together? Like, no sooner than I say that the Celtics are trash, do they get it together and they're in fifth place, and we are tied for the same record. And they have a week schedule to the end of the season. Man, like, but I do want to see them in the first round. If we can stay five and see them, yeah, four or five. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I would want to see them in the first round. If if we if we're healthy, yes. They yeah, no we're answer. healthy. They healthy have no team, answer. Healthy team. They have no answer for Clint Capella and John Collins. Nothing. They have no Nothing. inside answer. Tristan Thompson went off, but you know Clint Capella didn't play. So, um, but it's, I almost made a Kardashian joke. They did sign Jabari. <laughs> they did sign Jabari Parker and. As a guy who can probably be good for 20 games, I think that's a fantastic yeah. signing. That's a sneaky pickup. That's a sneaky pickup. He was and, 20 and 10 when John Collins was hurt for us. Yeah, until, you know, he had the shoulder impingement and then everything went left. So, yeah, if you mm-hmm. sign him at the end of the season and don't use up any of his minutes early, he's going to be he's gonna be a decent player. That's another guy mm-hmm. that no, nobody knows played good last year, but he's always hurt. Nobody pays attention to us. That's so – then you got the race for the play in um, at the bottom of, of the East. You, what you try is playing is seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Yep. So you got the Heat are in seven, the Hornets are in eighth, the Pacers are in ninth, the Raptors are in tenth, the Bulls are in eleventh. To me, the teams that would make it that's more likely to make it to the play in that's out of the play in right now is the Wizards. So um, my go. my issue is is it. None of those teams, minus the Pacers, deserve a playing game. Like that part, I can understand how Mark Cuban is pissed. Mm-hmm. Because you're 23 and 34, fam. Like you haven't put up a season that is even deserving of a playoff spot. So you mess around and actually win a game, win two games, and get into the playoffs. Number one, Philly is going to destroy you. Second of all, you just you don't deserve that spot. Not over the Hornets or the Heat, who've been playing good all season. You win two games and get into get into that. That's nuts to me. Yeah, but Russell's putting them on his back though. Him and oh, Bradley Beal, and that is the worst part about it. Two guys I would not want to see in a three game tournament is Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook because you know they can turn it on just long enough to beat you. Then you lose the game, and then you're out. Like, if you look at the Hornets, who've kind of struggled together all season to get it there, 
and then to have to play the Wizards and then lose to them just because your team's injured right now, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that 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 would that that would that would infuriate yeah. me. I would say the Bulls were in on it, but Zach Levine is not out for multiple games because he's tested positive for COVID. Yeah, and the Bulls made all these moves. They signed Vucevic, and it's the same. Unfortunately for Vucevic, it's the same thing. He literally went from the Magic to the Bulls, and it's the exact same team, the exact same result. He's balling, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you got to be right at the point where you're ready to slap somebody. Like, I, I came here to play with this guy <laughs> because he's really good, and then he's out. And you know that's probably like a week or two at least, and they play every other night. So that's like five or ten games. Ten. Yeah. And Vucevic is averaging, you know, 23 and 10 with uh, a block and four and three assists. He is and very, a steal. He's very, balling. He's very good. He's very similar to the Atlanta Hawks, where the national media just has no clue how good that dude is. He is good, and he always been bummed. But he's been in Orlando, who's in a forever rebuild. Wasting They've been in a rebuild since Tracy McGrady left. Wasting away. They've been, you know, they've, now he's in Chicago, who's in a forever been, rebuild. They've been in a rebuild since they left Shaquille. Since they lost Shaquille, <laughs> the Magic. No, because Tracy was there. They made the playoffs. No, no, they and, were good with now, Dwight, but oh yeah, they made the finals with Dwight. Yeah. You're right. And then they've been in forever rebuilds. So that's still, I mean, that was yeah, what that, that shit, ladies and gentlemen. They've been in a 12 year rebuild. That, that's just Reggie stepping on one of my better jokes. Um, <laughs> kick me while I'm down. My bad. And then, um, you know, he's with the Bulls who have been in a forever rebuild since Derrick Rose got hurt. So it is what it is. Uh, it's unfortunate for him. Uh, the Raptors, unfortunately, I don't see them. Playing, making the play in. Uh, well, actually, no. I'm sorry. They're tenth. They've won. They've they've made it to tenth. Uh, and uh, how they've done it is another team that does does not deserve to be in the the play in conversation. But Gary Trent Jr. Now that he, might he, that might be one of the best transactions of this year, if not the very best. Other sneakily, than, sneakily, other than, other than Solomon Hill. So low, you getting all the love. But Gary you know, Trent Jr., man, he had, his third game, his at his first three games, he looked like a world beater. His first game, he played, he didn't play that much. He only had seven points. The second game, he had 23, um, three and one. The third game against Cleveland, he had 44, seven and four. It is against Cleveland, but he had 44, seven and four. Newsflash Gary Trent Jr. is a really good basketball player. Second newsflash. Gary Trent Jr. is better than Norm Powell. Like I said, when this trade happened, you don't trade for a, you don't trade away the younger, better asset. It just doesn't make any sense. You just don't do it. The steal. That was, that was an awful deal. And I said, when it happened, this is stupid. And Gary Trent Jr. makes like $3 million and uh, Norm, yeah, Norm, yeah, Norm Powell gets paid like $10 million. So it, you're yeah. paying an extra $7 million for a not as good athlete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, the Raptors may make the play in. Gary Trent Jr. is balling. The Cavs will not make the play in. Will play in 
into something else. They will play into an off season. They will play into <laughs> they will play into a first. I mean, a high draft pick. That's what they will play in. Um. So, with that being said, that is our NBA wrap up. Uh, this week is going to be very interesting. Uh, we're coming down the home stretch of the playoffs playoff race, and I think a lot of stuff will sort itself out within the next week or two. So, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, uh, I thought you had something to say. Um, <laughs> now, we're going to move on to the NFL. I'm sure you, any sports fan is being – you anybody that's a fan of the NFL or fan of football is being bombarded, bombarded with the NFL draft. Um, Literally nothing else to talk about. Nothing else to talk about. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, they did some free agent signings. Uh, we'll come back to the draft strategy. Uh but they did some free agent signings this week. They signed Cordero Patterson, the return man. That's a journeyman. Return man, running back, wide receiver. Um, he basically plays every position that you need as far as a skill position. I actually like this, but like I told you when we were talking, I think earlier this week, everything about the Falcons is saying we're going to draft a quarterback. And everything is for like the next year or two. Like nobody's getting signed for any amount of time. And I feel like they're about to shift the team. Like I told you, I think they should trade Matt Ryan. I think they should trade Julio. And I think they might do it because I feel like everybody they're signing is for this year. And then they're going to be like, all right, well, let's just clean house at the end of the year. We'll keep what we want to keep. And then outside of that, we just, we're going to finally have some more money to, to invest in players again. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a, a slow rebuild. They also signed Aaron Harmon and cut Edo Smith. So we now only have one back on the roster or two, Kadri Allison. Um, so it, you're right. Everything that they're doing is shifting to a rebuild. It's almost like everything to me. And what you're saying is everything that they're doing is preparing themselves for a rebuild. Oh, it's a sneaky rebuild. They're trying to definitely a sneaky rebuild. They're, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to tank. And you want to be able to keep, you know, you want Calvin Ridley to be happy because he's probably the future. So you don't want to risk a guy getting destroyed and then, you know, his heart not being in it or being like, I just can't win at this place and I'm getting out of here. Force myself, force my way out. Exactly. So you're trying to keep him like in, in, in the winning ways as much as you possibly can until you can Mm -hmm. trade some of these assets away and then reallocate. So you think, that they're going to draft a quarterback. You don't think that they should trade that? Boy, the Atlanta Falcons don't draft Justin Fields. I'll slap Arthur Blank myself. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see, man. It ain't going to be interesting, Reggie. It ain't. It ain't going to be interesting. You draft a quarterback when you can in hopes that you don't have to do this again. Right, because you're not going to be – ideally, you'll never be at the number four pick again. No. Unless you make a trade. But ideally, you'll never be in the number four pick again. And people keep yelling, draft Kyle Pitts. We draft Kyle Pitts. We're not going to beat the Bucks, but we will be better. What the we hell does that playoffs. do for you? What is it – I mean, you know you know they added teams to the playoffs, so we could probably we probably could squeak in. But for what? Like, you're not beating Tom Brady – and all of the Bucks that all resigned. Just not. You got to build so, your defense. So at that so, point, 
there's no point. There's no point in wasting your time and then not drafting a quarterback in a good quarterback draft, because then you'll be like, how do we replace a quarterback in the future? And we're probably not going to get many free agents. And then unless we trade Julio and Matt, we don't have the money for free agents. Which I don't know. Um, do you think I'm gonna throw I'm a I I'm a I'm gonna ambush you with this real quick. Do you think Justin Fields is getting a raw deal? Absolutely. He's based it's it's the same, it's the play, it's the same playbook that the media plays with every black quarterback every year since the beginning of time. We've seen this a million times. This is like it gets to a point where certain things are not surprising or anything other than just okay, I knew you guys were gonna run this playbook. You know, people call him Mac Jones genius and all this other thing. Congrats, you're playing at Alabama with every good athlete. I could have been the quarterback at Alabama right you now. Had a Heisman Trophy right now. Not even not yeah, not not when I was at the best of my mediocre football career was. Was there even a reason? Like, there was never a point where I couldn't quarterback for Alabama when you have everybody every year for the last 85 years. Alabama's receivers have been better than the New England Patriots for at least 10 years. This is not science. There's no surprise. (laughs) Anybody can do that, man. And they just all talking about Mac Jones is going to go. All right are going to go to the 49ers at third. Either the 49ers are the smartest team in the room, and Kyle Shanahan is the smartest guy in the room, or they're the dumbest guys in the room. There's no in-between. For you to take Mac Jones over Justin Fields, I don't know nothing about Trey Lance. He played he played 15 games, and he played, well, he played 16 games, um, and he has all the measurables. Justin Fields is a proven winner, and you're going to take Mac Jones, who threw the ball. I don't think Mac Jones ever made a tight throw in a tight or throw in a tight window ever. Everybody was wide open at all no, times. No, you don't have to do that when everybody on your team is a first round draft pick. <laughs> the whole offense. Um, but he's but he's so, a genius. He he can see the future. He's uber intelligent. He has the intangibles. Man, shut up, shut up, Mel Kiper. Shut up, <laughs> shut up, Mel Kiper. I don't like Mel Kiper. And we're not going to edit that. We're going to keep you in there, Mel. Um, it's just unfortunate. Justin Fields ran a 4-4. He did everything that Zach Wilson from BYU did. And Zach Wilson's still going to go number two to New York. Um, I, if the Falcons, I really would like them to draft Justin Fields. One, because he's going to sit. He's going to sit for a year. And he'll get used to the offense. He'll understand how to work ethic. Because Matt Ryan has survived this long through Julio Jones and work ethic. Um, so well, Matt, Matt is the best quarterback the Atlanta Falcons have ever had, and he's probably top five, by far, top five Falcons of all time, by far. And if you don't like it, once again, you can you have two options here you can turn off the podcast or you can send us an email and tell me who's better. I, I'm open to say Michael Vick. Nope. No, Michael Vick. He was good. Michael Vick was more dynamic. He, he would have been better if he didn't go to jail. Precisely. But, precisely. You know, it is what it is. So, um, also around the league in the NFL, the Browns signed Jadavion Clowney. The Browns are looking like a monster again. And then they cut Sheldon Richardson. You hate to see it. Yeah, but you know, they had to they had to get the money to sign him. So I think I think they're relying on pressure of Jadavion. That Jadavion 
Miles Garrett combo is more intimidating and better than Sheldon Richardson and, and Miles Garrett? I just don't understand you, Davion Clown. Like, you're good, but you can only be good when there's somebody else really good on the other side. Well, Jadavion admitted. Um, he's admitted or has come out that he is out there playing. He didn't really put in any work once he made it to the league. He's just out there playing on skill. He's always played on skill, not on skill, on God-given athletic gifts and talent. He never really put in work. And I said that since day one. I think his motor runs pretty low. But he is mm-hmm. just skilled and gifted, but I, yep. I, I'm not there for that. Yep. The few other notes, the Cardinals continue to load up. They signed former Pittsburgh running back James Car- James Conner. Um, they also, uh, according to the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics, were voted the best transaction of the year when they signed D-Hop. That, that sucks because anytime that someone says that that is the best transaction, that conversely means for somebody else, that is the worst transaction. Um, oh, Houston, we're talking to you. Yes. Um, and, and as an organization that's been mired in disarray, racism, foolishness, ineptitude, and just basically being bad, but just not being Cleveland. There's nothing really new about any of this. I think they're, I've always said they're a pretty bad organization. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It's the Texans being the Texans. Houston's a great place, though, but the Texans are the Texans. Yep. Um, Alden Smith trying to keep his career back on track, signed with the Seahawks. That does nothing for me. Uh, Julian Edelman retired. Oh, my goodness. He retired. And, and who has smoke for him? Oh, LaShawn McCoy. I won't discredit anything from him because I think he's a great player. Plays with heart, a lot of attitude, a lot of passion. So I don't want to knock his parade because he's retiring. He's a hell of a player, but I don't know about Hall of Fame. That is exactly how I feel. Shady. Hmm. So you don't know if he's a Hall of Fame. I mean – I think he's going to get on the Hall of Fame off the strength of the 28-3 comeback and the, the fact that he made that catch. That, that's the only reason he's going to get in the end. Julian Edelman is only good because of Tom Brady. That's it. Yeah. Wes Welker. about a lot of players. Julius Edelman. a lot of players. Every receiver that has ever played for the Patriots. Dion Branch. These guys are not really good. You just happen to play with the greatest quarterback of all time. The one time they had a really good quarter, a really good receiver, they went 18 and one. Yes. If you want to see a legitimate receiver for the Patriots, look at Randy Moss. Outside yeah. of that, that's it. Staying on the Patriots. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's a if, if he's a Hall of Famer. I think he had a really good career. I wouldn't be surprised. I know he's not first ballot. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in, though. Ring of Honor guy, not a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More intriguing news that came out about the, in, the, in the NFL is uh, one NFL players skipping voluntary workouts and two sports gambling. Um, what do you make of the NFL players skipping voluntary workouts? I mean, I, I think it's because of COVID. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a lot of things. I think it's COVID. I don't think that they're super happy about that 17th game either. 
but they signed up. Oh, one hundred percent. So I think this is kind of one of their ways to, you know, and and everything's going on. They're trying to what let what little leverage they do have. I think they're trying to use. Yeah, because they they did add that seventeenth game in, which you know it, it doesn't make sense to me. You talk about player safety, but then you add in the seventeenth game. But you should also prepare for the NFL to make changes so that this doesn't happen again. Because this is kind of putting them behind the eight ball where you know that these work workouts are quote-unquote voluntary, but they're really mandatory. If you've ever been an athlete at any point when people tell you voluntary workouts, no they, mean, is voluntary. they mean mandatory workouts. So, yeah, they're, they're going to probably – they're going to find a way around this, as the NFL always does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about the gambling? They're finally, they finally – they got a paid partnership with NFL – uh, between the NFL and Caesars Entertainment and DraftKings and FanDuel. To me, this was only inevitable. It was inevitable. There's no way that they were going to get that the, another company was going to make money off the NFL without the NFL getting a piece of Exactly. Money. Like, once you understand that gambling is inevitable, then at that point, the only thing to do is how can I monetize this myself? I'm like not let the same as marijuana. Like I'm, that's why they're legalizing marijuana. They're gonna make money off of it. It's the same. You thing. are no longer getting rich on my behalf. No thanks. If there's gonna be money out there as the NFL, the money making entity that it is, they're gonna find a way to get it. They gotta get it. It's theirs. Yep. I heard something very interesting um, that I want to circle back to. Uh, the whole thing about Justin Fields and how he's being downplayed and the whole thing with black quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence announced that he was going to the NFL and he's foregoing his senior year, extra year of eligibility. And he has holes in his game, just like every other draft prospect. Absolutely. But it has been, there has been no deep dive. There's been nothing about it's Trevor Lawrence going to the NFL. Number one pick. Oh, that's it. Even though he came out and said, Hey, I'm not really focused. I'm not going to say I'm not focused. It really doesn't bother me. Like, it's not Super Bowl or bust. Like, I just want to have a good career in everything. And everybody was so, uh, like, ah, uh, that's not really a big deal. And I'm like, well, imagine if Trey Lance or Justin Fields said, ah, uh, you know, I want a Super Bowl, but if it don't happen, it's all right. Can you imagine if, if they said that? No, you want to know why? Because that would never happen in a million years. Because they would say he has no work ethic, he's lazy, um, right. basically all the stuff they say anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and folks, and even folks that love Trevor Lawrence were surprised that he said it. And I'm like, well, Trevor Lawrence is from Georgia, so uh, he's from Canton, Georgia. He went to, so I know, I've kind of heard about him since like he was in fifth grade. He's been like dubbed the next number one quarterback or number one draft picks since he was in middle school right he's been the best at every level and i will say i do have to kind of give him credit for that like he's never been like there's no reason for him to have a chip on his shoulder at every level i've been the best nobody has ever counted me out you can't like you just can't make that up and if you do if you tell somebody you have a chip on your shoulder and you've basically been, you know, crowned since you were in middle school, you're lying. Mm-hmm. That's lying. Mm-hmm. 
That's like that's like somebody like LeBron said, yeah, they counted me out. These people never believed in me. It's a damn lie, son. <laughs> Nobody that's counted a, you out. That is a whole the number one. Yeah. You were on Sports Illustrated in high school. Like, come on, bro. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think it's going to be funny. So one thing that we do as media, well, we, I'm not, we're not media. One thing that the media does, they highlight the, uh, the family. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes, his brother, the Kelsey brothers. Um, if you ever look at Trevor Lawrence's brother, you'll understand why he's like, I ain't got no chip on my shoulder. I'm just living carefree. His brother is a, is a quote unquote hippie. Like he wears the ankle bracelets, the, I mean, the ankle, the anklets, the bracelets. He's got the super long hair. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they started a dispensary out in Colorado or, like, in, <laughs> or in Canton, Georgia. Or in Canton, Georgia. Well, yeah. I mean, like his brother wears a man bun. He's got the stubble beard. Like he's, he's that type of dude, you know. So it doesn't surprise me. And it 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 also it kind of kind of not confirmed that it makes sense because uh how Trevor Lawrence's demeanor is, right? He's kind of the same way. He just plays football. Yeah. Right. He's the so um uh, it'll be interesting. Um Ladies and gentlemen, that's really our NFL deep dive. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all we got. The draft, the draft, the draft. Y'all about to be bombarded by the draft anyway. The draft, the draft, the draft. So next week we'll be a week closer to the draft, and we'll be talking about the same thing: the draft, the draft, the draft. And, and um, I want you to notice that Chris only talks about one thing: draft Justin Fields. That's draft it. Draft Justin Fields and pay John Collins. <laughs> Daily reminder, uh, weekly reminder: pay John Collins. Eddie right, George. Let's, uh, Eddie, Eddie George, George to Tennessee State. And not just that. not just Eddie George. Also get Hugh Jackson. And uh Fisher. And yeah, Coach Fish. A lot of experience there. And so I do think that Fisher is an awful coach. Wasted Vince Young who I actually think was probably better. And then did he coach Jared Goff that first year into mediocrity? Yep. So I don't think that Fisher is a great coach. I don't even think he may be a good coach, but he is an NFL coach. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just, I mean, just like from recruiting, you show up and your coaching staff is Hugh Jackson, Eddie George, and Fisher. It's going to carry weight. And I think, Shout out to Tennessee State, whatever whatever that was. They saw what Jackson State said, did, and like, you know what, I want to give me three guys. I like it. I'm excited for the HBCUs. I hope that this will become a trend, you know, really everywhere where, yeah. you, you know, let's yeah. give these, I, these I NFL don't... guys some jobs since clearly the NFL doesn't believe in hiring black coaches. <laughs> they clearly don't. I, I think so – in corporate America, you have where people get jobs where it's not about the job, it's about the next one. I don't think this is a football move at all for Tennessee State. I think it's a football move for Eddie George. Here's why. Eddie George has zero coaching experience. Dion at least had high school coaching experience. Eddie, Eddie George has zero coaching experience. But if you notice with HBCU, 
of football, especially with Jackson State, two things have happened. They get the perfect storm. They got a very, very big personality in Dion to coach, and they're playing spring ball during a pandemic when there's nothing else on. Yep. So they're getting all of the publicity. They've been on ESPN, what, three or four? They played four games. They've been on ESPN three times. Um, or five games been on ESPN three times. They're getting all of that. So Tennessee State was like, well, we can get that too. Yeah, they can get that money too. Um, For Eddie George, it it gives him, I have coaching experience now. I coached at Division 1AA, FCS, whatever you want to call it, football. And they're not, and it's not like they're in a division where they're playing like just straight, like the SWAT, they play mainly SWAT HBCU schools. Tennessee State is in the Ohio Valley Conference. The Ohio Valley Conference plays other schools. They play white schools. Tennessee State, for example, the SWAC and the MEAC, when they play, they have to go, after they have the SWAC championship and the MEAC champion is crowned, they have to go to the Celebration Bowl or the Black College National Championship. Tennessee State was like, nah, we're going to the Division I AA playoffs, which is the same reason Hampton left, which is the same reason A&T left, because – Unless you're going to have some type of playoff system for HBCUs, it, it kind of, I don't want to say the Celebration Bowl is a dead end or anything because it's a very big event for us. But in terms of national respect, it's just more want, money, more money, more resources. Like, more money, right. More money, more resources. Um, you mentioned that this is a new trend. Dion has already been advocating for Ray Lewis and Ed Reed to come coach. Man, I hey, think them going down. Hey, you Hampton, Hampton. Uh, nah, uh, and you know what? I was finna mess up. Y'all can keep Ray. Uh, uh, we don't need no killers. <laughs> don't need no killers. But Ed Reed, Baltimore to Hampton ain't far, fan. We would love to have you. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But y'all keep Ray. We don't want Ray. Hmm. Well. I think Ray would be a great behind the scenes person. No, 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 no. Don't even want, don't even want that controversy. No, no, no. Ray, Ray he gave come. his life to the Lord. Hey, man, Ray has comes with his own multiple sets of luggage. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm good on that one. It's a hard pass. Uh, <laughs> okay. Next topic. Oh, we get to a. Hey, I know y'all been waiting for this. This is always our longest and most in-depth segment. Time for the Braves. The Braves just don't want to see me happy. Um, I've actually, I just, I, I actually watch these Braves games, and the team is good. Team is good. Our defense is good. Our pitching is off. Like we score. Man, we like, need Mike Soroka. God, man. we need Soroka back. Me and Eloy watched the game yesterday, and we're watching like we're a good team, but and we score maybe five or six runs every game. But somehow the pitching just puts us in these compromising situations, game after game, damn near inning after inning. And you're like, We're gonna blow this, we're gonna blow this. We got out of the inning. We're gonna blow this, we're gonna blow this, we're gonna blow this out of the inning. Like last, like yesterday, we played the Cubs. The bases were loaded in the bottom of the ninth. And we barely squeaked out against the Cubs. And it's like three or four innings where they just stranded guys on the bases and basically just tricked the game off. They should have beat us. 
Should we make a trade or something? I don't. I don't even. I don't no. follow baseball enough to know about a trade. Who we trade for? That's like they're kind of like the Hawks, where you have, like your team is good, so you got to kind of win. Like, and, and the players are playing good. Like, realistically, we're probably going to have back to back MVPs. Yeah, and if you, yeah, if your you, boy Ronald Cunha, Ronald Acuna, good God. And and if you have back to back MVPs and you're not playing like really good baseball, people are going to start asking questions. Same thing with John Collins and Trey. You have these guys who are playing out of their minds. Why is this not you know equaling wins? And if it's not, then we're gonna find somebody who can get these guys to win because they're good. Hey Amen. Seems like the move that Atlanta teams have made is everybody. Get rid of the coach. Snit. You're on the hot seat. Your seat getting hotter every week. And Acuna, Acuna leads the league in home runs. Acuna's make it tough on you, man. He make it real yeah. tough on you. Yeah, I mean, this is our title window, man. This is this is the window for this team before you go into rebuild. This last year, this year, year even year before last, we're in year three of our five to seven year title window. Yeah, you gotta and- do it. And especially with Ozuna, Acuna, and Albies, like you got to get it done with those guys. You have to. Like uh, we brought up Christian Pache, like we've got all these young uh, uh, Austin Riley, although he's so cold and hot. Um, That this is our title window. So you know the Braves. We'll see. We'll see, man. No, they better see. They better see some wins. I know that much. I'm, I'm not playing with none of these guys. Luckily, we still got 170 games to go. So we'll see. But, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you've made it this far in the podcast. We are happy that you stayed with us. We have come to the end of our second episode. Uh, I hope Let- you enjoyed it. Yes, it was a fantastic time. Once again, you could have been anywhere else in the world. You came and kicked it with us. We appreciate it. 